Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 5, please. 1 John chapter 5. Can we turn on that monitor for me, please, somebody? That's the left button on the bottom. We, we talked about this last week, that we are overcomers. We sang about it a, a couple of minutes ago, a few minutes ago. You know, that we are overcomers by the blood of Jesus Christ, that we are overcomers. And it, but it's through the cross. And, but, you know, I'm, I think about this and I've been kind of, kind of thinking about the situation that, you know, we are, we are overcomers, but yet we're in the middle of this life and everything doesn't always feel like we are overcoming, does it? But that doesn't change the outcome. That doesn't change the truth of it, that, that we know the end of the story. We know that the last chapter. We know what's happened. We are overcomers because Jesus said that he has overcome the world. That passage, John 16, uh, 33, uh, where did it go? There it is. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In me, you may have peace, Jesus said. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, be courageous. I have overcome the world. So it's only in him, you know, that, that we can say, I, I'm an overcomer. I, w- I was speaking to a, a friend that I've known since elementary school on the phone. He's in San Diego, and he has, he has horrendous physical problems, just horrendous. He can't really work. He can't really do anything, and and uh, but but he's a he's a solid believer in Jesus. And I was thinking about it today after I talked to him. I want to call him back and I want to say just remember that even despite your physical limitations, you are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. You are an overcomer. You see, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen the way we think. Well, overcoming means perfect health, a lot of money. Car never break down, the best house, never have to paint it. Hair never falls out. <laughs> but that's not, that's not what he's talking about here, is it? He's talking about the, the, the spiritual fact that we have overcome because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what he said. He says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This faith in in, in, in Jesus, because true faith has an, always has an object. You have faith in something. It isn't, isn't just faith. But we have faith in Jesus Christ, and, and that's, that's kind of the, the, the beginning, the end, and, and everything in the middle is for you and I as human beings on this earth is Jesus. Why do you have to talk about Jesus all the time? Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, speaking about death and sin, I'm going to repeat some of these verses to get them into our minds. He says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ over sin and over death. He gives it to us through Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, Paul says, and Paul had this thing in his mind about this victory thing. I, I He says, no, in all these things, he talks about these difficult things that were happening. He says, no, in all these things, 
not from all these things, but in all these things, he says, we are more than conquerors. We're not just overcomers, but we're more than overcomers. That's the same word there. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he goes on to say these words. He says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. He kind of sums it all up there. Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the one that he just said we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And nothing, nothing, nothing will separate us from that love. So does that mean that we're, you know, we're victorious today, but tomorrow we're not? We're a conqueror today? No, we are more than conquerors. We are through him who loved us. So that's why he says, take courage. Be courageous. Take heart. This life isn't easy, and sometimes we blow it, we, we stumble, we fall too, but take heart. He says, I have overcome the world, and trust in me. Trust in me. Our passage today, I think we, we, uh, we're kind of just continuing this theme, and we're going to have communion too in, in, in a few minutes. It's about Jesus, isn't it? Let's look at the verses here, chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. He says, this is the one. He just said, only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one. Which is the one? Jesus is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. There are three that testify, and the three are in agreement. This is the one, he says. Some, some versions say, this is he, this is the one who? It's Jesus. He's the only one that you and I can trust. He's the only one that, that you know, gives us hope. He's the only one who you know, is the path for you and I. But not just you and I, but for the whole world. Jesus came and died for the whole world. That doesn't mean the whole world is saved. But he came and made it possible. And he, he opened up the door. This one Jesus, that's why, that's why it's so important that we always bring Jesus into it. Why do we always talk about Jesus? Because he is the one. He is the hope that you and I have. You know, I, I was thinking about this, this banner. See that banner up there? I need, I need an electrician to come in here and put a spotlight on that, though, because I want to brighten that up, right? We've had that here. Now, we've had that for, uh, that was made, like, around 1991, and we've had it since then. Someone who was coming to our church, they're no longer in this state, made that for us, and then, uh, and then Anna LeBlanc kind of put the, it was kind of getting frayed around the edges and she kind of made the whole border for it. Isn't that nice? Thank you, Anna. But I was thinking, you know, if there was some reason that we had to like get out of here fast, 
And would there be anything that I would want to grab? That would be the thing I would want to grab. When I, when I think about it, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. You know, the piano, I'll, you know, kind of pull that out. That's not a good idea. Some microphones or whatever, you know, that, whatever. If there's one thing I'd want to take, it would be that. Why? Not because it, you know, it's like a holy piece of cloth or anything like that, the, you know, the shroud of Turin or something, but because, it, because of what it symbolizes. It symbolizes that Jesus is the one that we need. And that's why we have that, have that hanging on the wall. Jesus said these words, and I'll repeat them again. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to get to the Father, to get to God the Father, except through Jesus Christ. And, and in, in application of our concept of being overcomers there there's no one who overcomes this world except through Jesus Christ as well so without Jesus what kind of hope do you have you know I remember speaking with someone and they said you know well you know I uh you know I talked to the man upstairs and you know we got an understanding and I said I said well is Jesus a part of this understanding? Because if Jesus isn't a part of this understanding, you've got really nothing. Without Jesus, there's no way to make this connection, you see. It's, it states in Acts 4.12, and you, you need to know where these verses are because people are going to say to you, you know, like, why do you, why do you say that? Why, why would you say that? Because that's kind of narrow-minded, isn't it? That's kind of like, I don't know. There's a lot of past, and I'm a good person, and, and I think I'll be okay, and, and you know what? I, I did something good a few years back. <laughs> but it says there, salvation is found in no one else. Salvation, what we're talking about, being saved, going to heaven, having eternal life, it's found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven given to men, all mankind, by which we must be saved. There's no other name. That's why it says, you know, Jesus, the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. We're all going to bow before the name of Jesus at one point in time. Either we do it willingly or we do it because we have to. And then it's too late. The very next verse, I just want to throw this in. This is a little bonus. I won't charge you for this. It says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, who just said those words, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were just, you know, they didn't have college degrees. They didn't have anything like that. They didn't, they didn't you know, gone to the rabbi school. It says they were astonished and they took note of what? They took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were courageous and they said, well, Jesus is the only answer for you. Well, but how did they have that courage? How did they have that you know, boldness? How, did they, how were they able to do it? Because they had been with Jesus. We all, wanna, you know, we all want to like be a, you know, a, 
a witness to our families and a witness to the people around us. How are we going to do that? The main, the, the main and most important thing that you and I can do is just to spend time ourselves with Jesus. And then you can't help but say what you need to say because you, you, it just comes out. It's just part of who you are. It's a part of your life, you see. So getting back to our study, he says, he says there in these verses that this is the one he came by water and by blood. This one Jesus Christ, by water and by blood. So let's look at the water and, and look at the blood. We, we, we think about the water and, and there are different opinions about this perhaps about what they're talking about. But I think I, think, I kind of look at it in two ways. The water, uh, I think, is the, first of all his birth. There were some weird teachings back then. There's weird teachings now that, that Jesus kind of just came spiritually and he was a, you know, a, a spirit being and that kind of thing. But, but Jesus came and he physically came. He was born. He, you know, he, the water broke. He came. He, he was born into this world physically, a human being. That's very important. Because how could he do anything for us human beings unless he came and took the form of a human being? Being. It says he humbled himself, took the form of man, a human being, so that he could die for us. Jesus said in John 3, when, in speaking to Nicodemus about being born again, he says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. So, and I believe that he was talking there about, you know, the, the physical birth and then the spiritual birth. So, so number one, I think the fact that Jesus, you know, he, he came and, and he was born as a human being. But also, I think at his baptism, uh, really kind of when his ministry began. I think he was doing stuff even before that too. But his, his public ministry, I think, began at his baptism. His father you know, spoke from heaven. This is my son whom I love. With him I am I'm well pleased. His ministry began and he began to, to do and teach and to heal. And, and then uh, the second part here is the blood. Some people might say, okay, Jesus was a man. Yeah, he was a good man. He had some great teaching. He did a lot of good stuff. And maybe they might even agree with you that he actually healed people. But that's about as far as they'll go. Because, but that's not far enough, is it? Because there have been a lot of good people on this planet through the, through the centuries. There have been a lot of good men and women that we look up to and think, yeah, that's great. They did this. They, they're good people. But he said he came by water and by blood. That doesn't mean just that he had blood within him, but he's talking about the cross here today. And, and without the cross, you and I have nothing. Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15. He, he, he says without the cross and the resurrection, not just the death, but, but the resurrection as well, you and I have nothing. We have nothing to hold on to. We have no, we have no hope. But this idea of the blood is so very, very important. And, and looking back uh, into the Old Testament and, and, and the book of Hebrews, if you want to turn with me uh, back a, a few pages to the book of Hebrews, we're going to look at uh, three verses in the book of Hebrews talking about the blood. But look at verse uh, chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. It says this, 
It says, in fact, and, and the book of Hebrews is written to those you know, Jews and, and they would have this understanding and this background of the, of the Hebrew scriptures and the Old Testament and especially the law. He says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. No forgiveness, whatever, without the shedding of blood. That's why, you know, you look back and you read about all those sacrifices. Like, why, you know, why is there so much blood? Why are there so many sacrifices? And over and over they would make these sacrifices and blood would be shed. This is why. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Give a little explanation in the book of Leviticus, which I know is difficult to read. Very difficult to read. But there's some real gems in there, and there's a lot of truth that's packed into that book. Uh, there's a, a Bible school teacher, a friend of ours. In fact, we saw him in California, and he, he does this study for Bible, Bible school students on the book of Leviticus. And he just opens it up. He just completely opens it up. But let me read to you this verse in, in chapter 17, verse 11. He says, for the life, this is why the blood is so important. For the life of a creature is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The life of a creature is in the blood. The very life is in the blood. So the, this blood, had Jesus had to come and shed his blood for you and for me because the life is there. That's why. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There is no giving of eternal life. Look at, at uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Speaking about, about Jesus, it says, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, and in the Old Testament, you know, you, you saw all those sacrifices and they were, you know, animal sacrifices, you know, calves and goats. But it says, but he entered the most holy place, the, that, the holy of holies there in the, in the temple, in the tabernacle. He entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Now, this Holy of Holies, you know, it's, it was like the, the very innermost part of the temple. And, the, and only the high priest could go in there. And only once a year and only with blood. Only once a year and only with blood could he actually go into the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. But here the writer to the Hebrews says that Jesus entered that most holy place once and for all. Not once a year, not Frequently, not every time, but once and for all by his own blood, and he obtained eternal redemption. He did it once and for all. You read the book of Hebrews, and he says, you know what? He did it once, never needs to be repeated again. No more sacrifices are necessary. It's kind of interesting when you think about it, and I'm running out of time already here. We have communion, but when you think about it, the, the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D., no more sacrifices have been, you know, able to, to, be, uh, to be made since 70 A.D. They talk about making sacrifice. They talk about rebuilding the temple, and one day it will be. 
But it's kind of interesting, isn't it? When it coincided just, you know, years after Jesus was crucified and risen from the dead, no more sacrifices. Why? Because he did it once and for all. Turn ahead to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. As I said, only the high priest could go into the holy place only once a year and only with blood. But Jesus opened the way for us. We, we, we know the scripture says that when Jesus, you know, died, what happened to that curtain? It says it was, it was torn in two from top to bottom. The way into the most holy place was opened. That you and I can go in there. The most holy place, by the way, signified in, in what, it, what, it, what it was, was really the very presence of God. The very presence of God. And so you and I, because of what Jesus Christ did by his blood, he went in, he opened the way for you and I to now go and, and, and have this relationship with the Father. This is the, the truth of what uh, John is trying to get across here. He didn't come just by water, but he came by water and by blood. As I said, just him coming as a human being wasn't enough. It had to be the cross as well. We can't remove the cross. We can't take away the cross. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He's saying to his disciples, he says, stay here and keep watch with me. And it says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. What cup is he talking about? The cross. If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And what, what, was, what was the father's answer? He says, it's not possible. It's the only way. This is the only way. This is the only way. There's no other way. And Jesus, you know, willingly went and surrendered his life at the cross. You think about, you know, Jesus was up on the cross and there were people passing by. And there were chief priests and teachers there. And they, they, they both said this to him. They said, come down from the cross, save yourself, and we will believe in you. Come down from that cross. Don't, don't die up there. You, you take care of yourself. You come down and we will believe in you. Could he have come down from the cross? Absolutely. He could have called, what does it say? He could have called legions of angels to come and, and help him at that moment in time if he so desired. But, but he knew the father had said there's no other way. There's no other possible way. The interesting thing about that, the ironic thing maybe is they said, come down and save yourself. Well, he didn't need saving. But he stayed on the cross so that he could save us. And now we believe in him because of that cross. What, what would we have believed in? Oh, this man got up on a cross and he, he, uh, 
He came down off the cross. Miraculously, okay, but we're still going to hell. What good would that be? There's no forgiveness, as, as I just read. Without the blood of Jesus Christ, Him dying for us, there's no forgiveness of our sin. This is the one who came by water and by blood, Jesus Christ. We're going to need to uh, move on here, but I'll, I'll get to this next week. I'm going to speak about verse 7 because there's some questions about verse 7, but we'll get to that. I want to get to that next week. Uh, but he talks about the witness and the testimony of the Holy Spirit, the witness of the birth and the baptism, the water, and the witness of the blood. And they all agree. They all agree what? That Jesus is the way. They all agree that Jesus is the answer. We're going to pray right now, and I think just the time to prepare our hearts, and we're going to have the communion passed out, and, and uh, we'll hold it until we uh, can all partake together. But, but let's, uh, let's just quiet our hearts before him right now. And, 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 and I know it's a, it's a difficult thing to talk about this blood and, and the blood being shed in the cross. I... I think of that movie, the, the Temptation of the Christ, and it was difficult to watch. There was so much blood that was shed. Remember that movie? It's quite a few years now, but Is that the right name? Did I get that right? The Passion of the Christ. I'm sorry. The Passion. Thank you. The Passion of the Christ. But that's what it was like. And I think, if anything, that was the most realistic. Uh, representation that I have seen. Dear Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you this morning and, and uh, we want to thank you first of all. We sang about it. Thank you, Jesus, for that blood, the blood that was applied to our account and that you willingly gave your life for us. you willingly offered to pay our price and that the hope that we have, the hope of eternal life comes through your death and your resurrection that the forgiveness of our sin the conquering of death comes through what you did on that cross We have no hope apart from that. Maybe right now, uh, you just need to come again to the foot of the cross and say thank you. Maybe you're already a believer, you already trusted in Jesus. Well, come in again and say thank you. We, we're going to celebrate communion. He says, do this in remembrance of me. To remember. It's a new start, a new day. Today's a brand new day. And I read this morning where Jesus said, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow's another day. Today's got an, enough of its own troubles. Just, just trust me today. Seek me first today and all the rest, he'll take care of it. He's going to He's going to provide. 
Seek me first, he said. Seek the kingdom of God first. Put him first. Maybe there's someone who had never, you just haven't really been at a place where you can surrender, where you can have that, that sincere faith we heard about. Maybe it's your turn today to surrender to Jesus and say, I, I need you, Lord Jesus, I need you. Please come into my life and, and save me. I believe in what you did on that cross. You shed your blood for me. You died for me. And you rose from the dead. So please come into my life today. July 3rd, 2022.